welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to it. It is our prayer and our hope that you will be edified, Christ will be glorified, and that you would tell others about us. If you'd like us, please share us and hit that like button as well. For more information about us, our statement of faith, how to contact us, and other things like supporting us, uh, there's a prayer, a list, or a prayer chain, depending on kind of where you come from, a page, there are people from all over the world who have submitted uh, prayer requests, and I hope that everybody listening would go there and write those names down. I know it doesn't probably change much for those who have been going there already, but we have added a few. I would like to go ahead and read uh, James chapter 1, verses 13 through 17. says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then, when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Verse 16. Do not be deceived, my brethren. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Today we're going to talk about, uh, the title is uh, Hook, Line, and Sinker. Hook, Line, and Sinker. And if you have a Bible, I'd encourage you to grab it and follow along. For the most part, I'll be reading out of the New American Standard update during this podcast. And if you don't have a Bible, you can download free ones uh, on the internet as well. So I'd encourage you to do that if, and take notes if you uh, enjoy the podcast. Again, uh, when was the first time you, you heard this saying, hook, line, and sinker? Probably for me, the first time her, I heard it, I'm guessing here, is when I was fishing. You know, you watch those fishing shows uh, on sports channels, and sometimes the local channels have uh, some kind of a fisherman-type show, and, and this old boy, he'll be out there throwing his lures and baiting and, and whatnot, and he will use that expression, that that fish took that hook, line, and sinker. In other words, he, he finally got a, a fish to bite, and he got it into the boat. We don't always use this term in associating uh, with fishing. When someone buys into a joke or some kind of a story, when we might even use it playing a joke on, on someone. We'll say, well, that guy, boy, he, he took that one hook, line, and sinker. The devil is always out there playing a game as well. And, but this game really, listeners, is no joking matter. The fact of the matter is the devil is a fisher of men too. Just like Christians and Jesus, uh, we're all fishers of men. We're trying to get people to, to come into the kingdom of God. But the evil one, he will do all he can uh, to get us to, to spit out God and, and swallow his lies. James, he starts off his book by how we overcome trials and temptations in our lives. It is interesting how he starts off uh, with those two themes. Some scientists a couple years ago I was reading 
I believe it was out of uh, Berkeley, California, the University of Berkeley. He wanted to come up with a, a stress-free environment for some animals. No predators, a perfect temperature, all the food supply those animals would need. Now you might be thinking this is some going to make some happy animal somewhere in some zoo. But you know what really happened? The animal died. And I believe human beings need challenges. Yes, as much as I hate to say it, suffering and trial in our life, too. This helps us to, to bring in maturity into our lives. It brings strength into our lives. Comfort alone will kill. And that's an old saying. The question I, I want us to ask today in the podcast is this. Why do we as Christians struggle with temptation? Why do we struggle with temptations? Well, for those who have been immersed, uh, baptized, that shirt did not drown Satan. The, the foundational things that we really need to understand is how to deal with temptation. Because we're all tempted. And if you stop and think about it, Jesus was also tempted in the wilderness during the 40 days that he was fasting. So I'm going to read here Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with the confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. First thing I, I want us all to try to understand is that the temptation alone is not sin. If temptation alone was sin, then Jesus was not sinless, and his crucifixion was in vain. And since Christ was tempted, then we need to be honest with ourselves. We are going to be tempted too. Then in when that sin, that temptation we give into, that's when it becomes sin. We need to understand that uh, the devil, he's the inventor of all temptations. And, and Jesus would, would say this pretty, pretty clearly in John chapter 8, verse 44. And here he is, he, he's, he's talking to uh, the Jewish leaders of the day. You are your, uh, your father, the devil. And you want the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature for he is a liar and the father of lies. The Apostle Paul would write in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. But I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and the purity of devotion to Christ. Again, listeners, the, the devil, he's the inventor of all temptations. 
You know, I don't know about you, and I know you don't know about me. It's just a voice on the other side of the podcast. But I, I believe that most of us fall into three traps uh, when we deal with temptation. The three lies that the devil gives most often for us to swallow that hook, line, and sinker. The first one is this, and we're going to be in the book of James, uh, probably for the rest of the podcast, so if you're following along, go ahead and turn over there. The first point is, God let me down in all this temptation. That That's probably the first lie that the devil will throw out there. We always want to put the blame on God or, or somebody else. I mean, look at look at Adam and Eve. If you really look at them closely and study them in Genesis, when God asks Eve what's going on, she blames it on the serpent. And then when God asks Adam, he blames it uh, on God and the woman. He says, you know that woman you gave me, God? Well, she made me do it. I mean, look at Eve again. I mean... First thing right out of the door, blaming somebody else. James chapter 1 verse 13 says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I mean tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil. And he himself does not tempt anyone. Again, uh, referring to Eve, it's not what Satan told Eve. God does not have uh, your best interest in mind. I mean, that's kind of what the, uh, the devil said. God told you that, that you would die if you ate that fruit. And, but that's not really true. God, he's not really looking out for your best interest, Eve. Can you kind of get that idea when you read the event in the fall in the garden? James tells us that it's not God's fault. And when we go through temptations, uh, many times I think we, we start asking the wrong questions. I, I know I have done this. When we go through trials and temptations, what's the first question we like to ask God? Why, Lord? Why? Why is this really happening? Maybe this is really the wrong question for us to be asking. Maybe the right question would be, what, Lord? What do you want me to accomplish through all of this? What is it that, that I need to learn? Sometimes, if not all the time, when, when we sin, we, we bring on the pain and suffering unto ourselves. So when we're, we're crying at the top of our lungs and asking God, why? God, in turn, is asking, Preacher, why did you do that? Why did you disobey me? You see, it's really not God's fault. The heart of the matter is that sin comes from within. And when sin and temptations come our way, the problem is from within. It's not from above. Do not start pointing the finger at God and pointing the finger at other people. Well, if you wouldn't have treated me this way, if you wouldn't have talked to me this way, if if only you would have provided something for me, uh, you owe me, or whatever. All that is, is it's garbage. I mean, like Eve, we really don't want to take any responsibility. 
it was my parents and, and, and how I was raised. It, it was the environment that I grew up in with all the poverty around me. How many times I heard that in low-income areas or third-world countries. Many, uh, maybe it's the preacher's fault or maybe it's the church's fault that they were all just doing a better job. I, I wouldn't have fallen into this, this sin trap. You know, how, long, how wrong can you be when you start thinking that way? You see, we cannot blame our sin on anyone else but ourselves. James chapter 1 verse 14 says, But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Carried away is a fishing term or a hunting on a hunting trip or something or hunting trap. Uh, enticed has this meaning of, of baiting a hook. And when you go fishing, do you use a little dinky worm or do you use a really large one? I mean, I always like to use those big ones. So I'm hoping that I can entice a big fish. Say, ooh, there's a big meal. I'm going to take it. I'm going to eat that worm. I'm not going to say that there's not a moment in, in pleasure and sin. It looks good. It feels good. It tastes good. You know, take that pill. You'll feel better. Smoke that joint and your problems will go away. Uh, you can sleep with that lady or sleep with that person uh, and you're going to be okay. You're going to feel better. You're going to take care of yourself and your needs and God says no. You see, but there is a moment in pleasure and sin. But we didn't see the hook. We just saw the bait. And the second point is, when we fall into this idea that sin was worth it. You know, this idea that we think that God is holding back on something. He does it. He's a... He's a a fuddy-duddy of a God. He doesn't want me to have any fun. He doesn't want me to have any pleasures in life. I don't know if that's really true. Being disobedient will give me a blessing that God is holding back on me. It's not really what Satan told Eve in the garden. I mean, did he not tell her that she would not die if she ate? And God's holding back. You've got to be hungry. There's some good-looking fruit there. Satan goes on and tells her that her eyes will be open and she will be like God. Well, there's a lot of people who think they are God. But that's a whole other topic uh, of humanism. Secular humanism is actually the whole term. Where I am my God and I make my own decisions. And I decide what's right and wrong for me. And don't you dare God. Of the Bible tell me anything different. You see, Eve, God was not giving you all the good stuff. I mean, that's again, that's what Satan's trying to tell her. If if you have to go out, you go out and you get it for yourself, Eve. God's, you know, but listeners, God's not holding back on us. God is trying to protect us. We are His children. What what parent listening to this podcast? Would it intentionally put their child in harm's way or hold back something from your child that that child really needs? I doubt seriously any parent 
but do that. James chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 says, Do not be deceived, my brethren. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Again, the fact is, all good gifts come from God. I mean, Jesus would use this illustration, Who are you? You're all evil. But which one of you would give your, your child a stone or a snake if they were hungry? Or would you give them a loaf of bread? Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. You see, listeners, again, God is not holding back anything. God has provided to us all we need. And we need to remind ourselves, no matter what the lie is from Satan, no matter what your friends say to you, no matter what your co-worker says to you, it is always a lie. And sin always destroys. And sin always kills. Now you may not physically die from, from, from committing a sin, but your soul could die if you don't stop sinning and repent and ask that blood of Christ to cleanse your soul. James 1.15 says, Then, when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. The wages of sin is death. So says the Apostle Paul to the church in Rome. The third and final point here of the podcast today is, I just could not help myself. I mean, how many times have we said that? I just did I just couldn't help myself. I just had to have it. How to do it. How many of us have said, well, I just couldn't resist that temptation. It was just, I, I think that temptation or that sin is just unique to me. Nobody else has ever been tempted the way I have. Or how about, it was more than I could bear. You know, little Johnny, he told his mother that he wanted to go swimming and And his mom said, no, no, you're not going to go swimming today. And Johnny moans about it, and, and his mother tells him, flat out, do not go swimming. And then a few hours later, Johnny comes home, and he's all wet. And mom asks, why did you go swimming after I told you not to go? And Johnny replied, mom, I just couldn't help myself. You know, the water looked so refreshing, and all my friends were there. And Mom went on to ask, Why did you take your swimming suit? Johnny says, Well, I took it just in case I was tempted. I mean, do we all do that? We all make provisions for ourselves. We try to get as close to the line as possible without going over it. And we know what we're doing. We're, we're, we know what we're going to do. 
we just haven't justified it in our minds yet until we get to that point. And eventually we will justify it. A little girl, Annie, uh, she was told, Do not eat any cookies before supper. What happens? Mom walks in the kitchen. There's Annie on a chair eating a cookie. And her mother asks Annie, You know, you need to explain yourself. And so Annie says, Mom, I, I got this chair and I climbed up there just to smell those fresh baked cookies. And then the, the next thing I know, my tooth got caught on one. Well, we might all kind of chuckle. But we do the same thing when, when God asks. And we say, eh, it's not my fault, God. Anytime we say, I could not help myself, or I could not resist, and I could not help what I was doing. We all need to understand what, what we're saying. We are saying that, God, you're a liar. Because God says we can control ourselves. Notice here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has taken, overtaken you, but in such is common to any man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. The truth is that the power of sin can be broken. I didn't say that the pull of sin, the power of sin has been broken. And as long as we dwell on this earth, there will always be the pull of sin. And I mean P-U-L-L, pull. Again, the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Rome, chapter 6, verses 3 through 7, Or do you not know that all of us who have been immersed into Christ have been baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into his death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we will no longer be slaves to sin. Verse 7. For he who has died is freed from sin. If we, if we die to sin, then we should not be a slave to sin. If we're proclaiming that we are a Christian, we are a follower of Christ, and that we're walking in the light, we should not be a slave to sin. Again, any of us who have died to sin have been freed from sin. God has given us a great promise that we, we can be part of the divine nature. That old nature of sin has been done away with and 
we have been given a new nature in order to escape the corruption of the world. The devil loves to lie to you and me. And he loves to tell us that you cannot leave your life of sin. What will keep, keep us from living the dream that God wants for us? If we buy into the devil's lie, hook, line, and sinker, God will not be able to work through us because we have not submitted ourselves to his will. We need to get over this fear of being embarrassed about confessing our sins. We need to understand everyone has sinned and fallen short. That's why Jesus had to come. That's why Jesus suffered a horrible death and bled to cleanse us of our sin. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sin, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I certainly hope that you as a listener today would just get on your knees and and pray to God and, and tell Him that you're a sinner and you need Him. And I'm not invoking the sinner's prayer for somebody who's going to email me and say that. I'm talking about becoming, uh, having a more deep prayer life, telling God, talking to God, hey, I have this sin problem and I cannot uh, overcome this sin issue without your help. Because honestly, you're going to have to have God's help. We all need God's help to overcome the temptation and the sin. We need to know God's Word better. We need to pray more often. And husbands and wives need to work together and encourage as a team to walk faithfully in the light of Christ. I get emails occasionally. We are looking for a good church home. Can you recommend one? We Everywhere we go, they, they they seem to bow down to whatever. And it's amazing how many emails I've actually gotten that way. And I, I cannot, just over the air here, recommend any certain church or any place. I need to know where you live, and I will do my best to help you find a church. I, I know where we're living. People are actually now meeting in their homes because of COVID. And I see better... Uh, Bible studies going on, a more deeper prayer going on. There's more bonding coming together, that type of thing. And that was failing, I think, in brick-and-mortar church buildings. I'm not saying all of them are bad in church buildings. I'm not saying that at all. But we owe it to ourselves to search for the truth. And who's teaching the truth? The complete Word of God. And I get emails too that say, you know, all I ever hear is this chapter or that verse months and months and months on end. Where do we go that we can hear the complete Word of God? That's a challenge too, I understand. If I can help you, I certainly would do my best to help you. If I don't know anybody in your area, uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't know. And... um, I, I don't like that term church shopping, but uh, I would be going around and I ask questions anymore. When we uh, are walking into a new church facility, we ask questions. 
what do you think about this? What do you believe about that? Um, do they use uh, the Bible to back their answer, or they just they just say, well, this is what I believe, and there's nothing in the Bible that supports it. And that is true uh, with people on TV. There's a certain lady on, on TV here. You can go to YouTube and listen to it if you want, but she says, you're not going to find what I'm telling you in the Bible. I'm telling you, God told me this off to the side. Well, folks, if you read Jude, that little letter right before Revelation, he's very clear. There is nothing new that has been given. We have everything complete in the Bible. And if you cannot open the Bible and support your statements, then perhaps it's time to find another place to worship. This is the reason I encourage every podcast, every listener, if you have a Bible, open it and follow it. I want you to put your eyeballs on the on the words, and I want you to look at it and follow along, of course. It'll help you. But I want you to know if I'm reading the Bible or not. Am, am I correctly quoting the Bible? That is so important. Well, I thank you for listening to this week's podcast. I certainly hope that you will hit that like button and share us with your friends and your family. It is encouraging. Uh, We do get a lot of uh, positive little comments. We get a lot of thumbs up. Sometimes that's all we get. But you can go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase, all one word. And there you can find links to our our social media accounts, LinkedIn and Twitter. And you can also email us with any questions you might have. We'll do our best to answer them. Again, thank you for listening. May God have the glory. And may you have a blessed week.